Welcome to the Yogi MD Podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. I have a wonderful life. I am happy with the way I am. Aren't you more than how much you weigh and what you eat? In the last few months on the podcast, we've considered some questions, such as, how do you care for others? How do you contribute to your community? How do you realize your potential? How do you show love? How do you stay curious? How do you declutter your environment? These are just a few ways that we discovered how to thrive as a whole person with a whole life. And now, as we wrap up the year, up next is spiritual health. We are going to reflect upon mortality with journalist Thomas Gaudio. Find purpose with author and teacher Oslem Ozkan. Cultivate hope with author Jewel Kuchera and business coach and writer Linda McLaughlin. And last but not least, practice altruism with educator and author David Reynolds. And now, let's talk about finding purpose with Oslem Ozkan. Hello, Oslem. Thank you so very much for being here. <laughs> Hello, Nadine. Thanks so much for having me on the Yogi MD podcast. Oslem, thank you so much for your work, specifically for your book. It's called The Student. I found the title intriguing, and I was just really struck by how you described being a student of life. And I thought you would be the perfect guest to talk about sense of purpose, because you really wrote this book with an overall sense of clear purpose, too. So can you talk to us a little bit maybe about what does that mean to you? Thank you so much, Nadine, for your words, actually. it's um, I feel actually privileged to hear this from you. You know, it is called The Students. The title came at the end of the writing. And honestly saying, I didn't know even what I was going to write. I knew that I wanted to write because writing is for me an expression of who I really am, what I feel, what I go through. And I have uh, written for the past 30 years always in my diaries, you know, and I always kept it secret. You know, my parents, they saw me maybe writing, but actually most of my friends, they did not know I was writing because, you know, I was writing before I slept in the evening in my bed. My bed equals my book with writing, you know, and I didn't tell anyone. And it was my connection to myself. And uh, the shift was for me, I want to write something that will contribute to others in a way that they can be anything what they want to be and they can feel 
anything what they feel and it is all allowed because for such a long time I did not allow myself things that I could feel or I felt it was like no you you, you know you have to be we, we talked about it we have to, you have to be the polite girl you have to be the good girl you have to be the perfect girl especially perfect that perfect covers everything look the best from a physical appearance uh, get the best grades from an intellectual appearance mm-hmm. uh, be the most kindest from uh, uh, you know it's still how you look like be the kindest mm-hmm. and uh, this proper girl um don't be too sexy don't be too neat don't be too this don't be too that mm-hmm. whatever all and i was kind of fed up with the persona i put out there <laughs> i was like i couldn't actually distinguish anymore with who am i really and who is the persona i put out there you know and maybe i should really go inwards i was not comfortable that i grew up in an immigrant family with a muslim religion and growing up in the netherlands with the christian and atheist vision uh, I was not uh, happy with my looks. I wasn't happy with the way I was uh, with guys. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I, I I I thought I was selfish, and I was selfish in ways be- because you know my kindness came also from a point of that I wanted to be actually selfish. That's why I was kind. I was kind, for example, to you in order to get your approval. Mm-hmm. You know. So I lived in three different countries. So I was born in the Netherlands, but I lived back in Turkey, in Istanbul. I lived in Denmark and I traveled across four continents. So and and I'm a person that really like to talk to people. So you talk about your teaching in your book very passionately. And teaching to me is a very noble career. It's difficult. But I have a lot of respect for teachers, and it feels like it did fuel a lot of your sense of purpose. Am I right in making that statement? Yes, but there's also another part of it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that. So, okay, let's start with, because you started to allude to your upbringing in your story just now. So can you tell us about how your upbringing may have started to shape that particular sense of purpose and that choice in your life? It's a very good question. It also makes me really think and reflect back on that. So, you know, what we talked about initially about being that proper girl, kind, uh, yes, sir, don't do these things and all, that is actually a big part of me becoming also a teacher. So I had... I used to have a resisted desire of being a teacher. I desired to be a teacher, but I also resisted to be a teacher because, you know, that part of like teaching goodness, teaching good things, uh, uh, helping people to just grow um, is something from, if you look really deep down, I want to do that. But it was also like, because you have to do it. And when it becomes, you have to do it in order to be the good person. I just fully, fully resisted. So 
I grew up in a Turkish family and um, I had a brother. I have a brother and a younger sister and we all got equal rights from my parents. You know, we, uh, they wanted us to study. We got uh, good clothes. We got good attention, everything. But there was always slightly a difference between what a girl could do and mm. what a boy could do. I'm not talking about in terms of studying. Study was a different thing. And study was my way of blossoming because there i could do it you know okay. study i could just show myself like mm. hey i'm getting good grades but for example going out my brother did i did not go out until i was 19 20 21 maybe my brother did already when he was 15 16 uh, having a boyfriend was not allowed uh, wearing some clothes that you are not attractive was really important in our household. Modesty. Uh, modesty. Just don't talk that much. <laughs> don't mm. do that much. Mm -hmm. uh, don't go here. Don't go there. Mm -hmm. Stay at home. I'm not talking about clean the home because my mom was very a lot like, I will clean the home. You have to study. And I was just only studying. Yeah, and I actually, it's the pattern sometimes repeats because I, I still love studying, but it's also a habit I have been doing since I was a child. And that properness, like, you know, we, we went somewhere and my brother, brother could say things and all. And, I, and it wasn't my parents always, but also the surrounding of Turkish people, like, oh, quiet, you, or, you know. Just I give you two examples. I went with my dad to a uh, uh, market, big market where we bought a carpet. And then it was more expensive than the other one. And I say to the guy like, oh, yeah, but this is cheaper. And, you know, and I could also talk and I have always argument and not arguments, but reasons. And I like to discuss. Explore. Opinionated. You yeah, have opinionated. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And then he says to my dad, oh, you should really look after your daughter. She's too much opinionated. Maybe she, she should be a bit more calmer. It was a Turkish guy. And there, Nadine, what happens? I'm just quiet. And my dad also doesn't say something at that mm. moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just speechless. I'm just standing there like, hmm. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. And one one time when we are in Turkey, uh, usually you know in the in the uh, we went to the village, and there the guys all sit, and the women they are busy in the kitchen. They bring tea and coffee to the guys. They are sitting, and when it is finishes, you bring again, which I actually do nowadays with love. You know, I also love to serve. I love to cook all these things, but. I was like, why am I the one serving these people that I mm. even don't know that much? You know, it's a family member of a family member or I don't know. And I, I actually did it all, but I had always questions in myself like, but I don't want this. Mm. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just did it just like it, this is proper. And... That teaching part, my parents, they had always like, you know, being a teacher is great. If, even if, if you are uh, uh, if you are married, so you can work part-time. In the Netherlands, you can easily work part-time when you're a teacher. So you can look after the kids, you know. And I was like, oh, my God. 
this is not the place where I want to be at all. I constantly felt, uh, how do you say it? Um, less. I constantly felt that I was not allowed to do things or they had an idea about it, right? But on the other uh, hand, Nadine, I really liked teaching. I really, it, it, is, it is maybe even the teaching, coaching part. I really like helping people to grow. I like looking at people and myself in a unique way, not in a special way, because I think everyone is unique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you need? That's what I really like to look at people and help them from that point of view. Yeah, I really relate to that. Helping people uh, become their individual and personal best version of themselves is what I'm hearing. And and that really resonates with me too. That's what I like to do. That's one of the reasons why I like to teach my yoga classes as I do. Uh, You have your own thoughts, you have your own emotions, you have your own mental space. And this is an opportunity in this practice to decide how to best take care of yourself in the moment and have the best version of yourself show up to. I am a businesswoman. I am this very expressive person, you know, and I like that and I want to embrace it. Uh, so people ask me a lot like, hey, but you do different things. Don't you want to just focus on one thing? No, I am all of these and I want to just embrace these sides of me. Because they all give you your sense of purpose. <sighs> so so much and there's everywhere there's personal growth involved that's like if Mm. there's one red thread there that is Mm -hmm. growth growth my growth your growth wherever i work that growth of the company that's like what i love and enjoy well that is the perfect pathway into talking about growth in travel you're very well-traveled. You've talked to us about this. I've seen it in the book. Can you talk to us a little bit about how travel shapes you? Why are you so invested in making sure you're so well-rounded in that way? Okay, maybe before I give this answer, Nadine, I have to tell you this. I'm 36 years old. And I live in Amsterdam in a studio, 30 square meters. I did not buy a house or something. I'm still renting it. Everything what I earned, (laughs) my biggest um, price tax was on a flight ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Flight ticket to somewhere. I love traveling so much because I love meeting people. And I love learning from them. And each time, the more people I meet, the more I realize and recognize that we are all so similar Mm. with so many things. And there is a universal human thing in 
all those people I have met, you know, I have been to Asia, to the States, every a lot of places in Europe, Middle East, many, many times. Uh, I went to Morocco only in Africa. When I travel, I do not really go on holiday. Like I don't really book a five, four star hotel or something. I also don't always stay in a hostel. That kind of depends. But I really like to engage with the locals. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the bakery where they get their uh, bread. I want to go to, uh, I also go to sites, but you know, I meet people. And then they ask me, let's go for lunch. I'm like, yeah, let's just just do it. I would just want to look at how they eat, how they talk. And it really connects me somewhere very, very deep. And I, I, I cannot point a finger on it, but I can say my parents came from Turkey, but their family members, they live in Belgium, Germany, France, also one in Denmark. And it Mm. might seem for someone in the US, that's all Europe. But in Europe, it's not, it is Europe, but the countries are really different in Mm -hmm. Europe. Like Netherlands is so different than Denmark, even if it's one hour flight. Mm. And I grew up with those family members, meeting them in Turkey every summer. So I was hearing always French, German, Dutch, Turkish, all these other languages and the culture. So we brought, for example, stroopwafels, the Dutch cookies to uh, Turkey, and they brought French cheese or something. And the mm. Germans, they brought uh, the pretzel things. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so nice to just be together from different countries, also realizing we are the same. But when I am, for example, at Akimbo, in an international environment, that's how I feel it. I am just Muslim. When I am in Africa, I'm Morocco, I am just Muslim. When I'm in Asia, I'm also still just Muslim. And I really like that a lot, to just to be myself. And sometimes it's even like when you travel, you leave your baggage, your backpack, just there where you came from you're just there no one knows who you are no one knows what job title you have no one knows what you all have done no one knows uh, maybe if you had um, a little argument with your mom or something you just there crystal clear i'm hearing this immense amount of freedom to really find out who you truly are when you leave the constraints of a place that you know, where you leave the rules of of that place that you know, or the expectations that you can really truly challenge yourself and get to know yourself when you're away from those things. At the same time, you can get to know really the person in front of you. Because you don't have any labels out there. You look like a child eye. You know, when my niece of six, when she goes to swimming, she doesn't know swimming at all the first time. And then she looks at very curious what's happening here and all. But we, I know the swimming pool. I just go there. Oh, yeah, it works like that. But when you travel, 
you get to know a person on a very mm -hmm. deeper level. Mm -hmm. And plus, mm -hmm. you get to know yourself mm -hmm. on a deeper level. And and I said something, I said growth is what I like, but that's also what I like, getting to know you. Mm. Who are you? And whatever you are, it's okay. Whatever that is. Are you cognizant of, do you pay attention to cultivating your sense of purpose so that it can continually evolve? Yeah. Yes. You know, I really like having an abundance mindset. I'm not talking about abundance in a money only abundance. Mm. Before I sleep, I write down in my diary why am I here and what do I want? And sometimes it's not always a nice question because you keep asking that each time, you know, mm -hmm. to yourself. I do, I work with affirmations, a lot of them. And uh, in my notebook at the back, so, you know, in the front I write and at the back I have my affirmations, which I close my eyes and every affirmation I just say out loud or not out loud i say it usually i say it out loud but i feel it it's not like okay i'm good enough mm. you know this is just a mm. word mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. for example an affirmation i'm having is this and it is really true and i tell it also to one friend of mine things always work out for me and that's true okay <laughs> that's an affirmation what is really things always work out for me even things that did not work out that had to be like that. So okay. it worked out, you know? Uh-huh. Or um, I have a wonderful life. I am happy with the way I am. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do not feel it because something went wrong. I show myself compassion. Or I give the best I can give at work. I contribute to the well-beings of others. These kind of things. And these are, and this is not a full set of affirmations. This is what I feel. And then I think every month I kind of look at it again. And then I'm like, oh, is this still valid or not? And then what I also do after this, before I sleep, I visualize things. I believe in God. You know, for me, it's like in Arabic, Allah. That mm -hmm. means greater God. And just I ask him, itchy, I don't know. I don't know if there's a gender on the <laughs> That's big power. I ask for help. And I ask to guide me. I know we talked uh, quite a bit and you asked me some questions. Do you have another question for me? Yes, I have a question for you. I'm going to ask actually the same question because I really like that question. Mm. Do you allow yourself to be aware of your purpose in life? Yes, because 
I believe having a strong sense of purpose and letting it breathe and letting it take different shapes and forms as it needs to. Almost th- I almost think of it like an organism sense of purpose. I want to allow it to become what it's going to become and let it change and shift with my different stages in life because it makes me a better person for myself and for everyone else involved. Mm. Better person for myself and for everyone that is involved. I like that a lot. Thank you. And if you could please share with us your personal definition of health, what does that look like for you? My personal definition of health. Wow. I truly believe if you are inside healthy, the outside will follow. And with inside, I mean more the spiritual, emotional, mental health. Because if these three things are really great here, you are not going to care anymore that much about how you look, but you're going to care about, am I healthy? Maybe I should just eat more vegetables, Mm. more protein. Not because I want to be on the uh, cover of the Vogue magazine. Mm. No, because you love yourself. Mm. You want to go for that exercise. You know you're going to make endorphin. You love yourself. You love yourself. That's why you're going to react so nicely to people, even though they are not kind to you, mm. because you know they might maybe need more kindness. That's that's why they even they react. If you love yourself, you will think like, if I'm going to spend one day in my classroom, why am I not going to make the best day of today, even though there are so many things? If you love yourself... Why not giving the best experience this hour here? You can also spend it as a worst experience. Why? Why not? And and you will you can spread the love also to other people. I think it's really inside spiritual, emotional, mental love yourself. Please. These are wise words from a very wise woman. Thank you so very much for being here. It's been an honor. Oh, Nadine, thank you so much for having me. And now it's time for the Mindful Minute. A great big thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time in 2021 to listen and learn how to become a healthier person socially, emotionally, mentally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually. For the next minute, find a comfortable place to sit. Lengthen your spine. Breathe in, expanding your belly and chest. Breathe out to relax your belly and chest. Breathe in the word purpose. Breathe out the word irrelevance.
Dear wise women, thank you for growing our community. Keep using your wisdom and emotional intelligence to share this episode with someone in your social circle who will benefit from hearing it. Your grandma and your mom need yoga. Maybe you need yoga too. I teach yoga to wise women. I believe in empowering and educating wise women to thrive on their terms at every stage of life. Let's hear what a wise woman has to say. I'm a worrier. It's a little much, I think. And yoga always calmed me down. You know, it gave me a, a positive focus. This, everything's going to be okay. Uh, it's just really been like a centerpiece in my life. And I didn't have that until virtual yoga. To learn more, connect with me at yogimd.net. And finally, podcast theme music is by my niece, Maya Bishop, on vocals. My daughter, Lizzie Kelly, on guitar and bass. Yours truly on percussion and produced by Tim Buer. Thanks for being here. See you next time.